because courage is something that doesn't come naturally in regard to, well, certainly to my own experience. You know, if there's something that I really want to do, I might feel tender about it, or I might want to hold it very closely and not let it see the light of day because I'm afraid it's going to be crushed or somebody's going to say the wrong thing or I won't have the follow through. So I'll just suffer in silence while I have my dream and smother it to death, you know? <laughs> Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living podcast where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. Do you ever feel antsy? Like something's off? Like you just need a change? You might not know what you want to do, though. Oh, that can be frustrating. One of the things I love about my guest this week, among many, is uh, how she is courageous about following her curiosity. Christy Peoples is a Denver-based writer, producer, women's trail running coach, and outdoorist. That wasn't always her gig, though. She started off as a graphic designer working in New York City, where she dabbled in singing and performing while she was there. But she had an aha moment that led her to move to Arizona to go to graduate school for writing, and she didn't stop exploring there. I can't wait for you to hear her story. But I do want to mention, stick around for the end of the episode. I have an exercise that you can use to help you if you are feeling stuck about what you want to do. And also, I want to invite you to the next Get Together for the Midlife Uprising Community for Women that's happening on October 11th. I'll have more information for you about that at the end. So let's go ahead and jump into Christy's story. Without further ado, here's Christy Peoples. Let's go. Hey, Christy, thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you for the invitation. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. It's so funny because before we hit record, we were talking about the funny way we met. So I've been following you on Instagram. And then all of a sudden, one day I get this weird message from you on Instagram. And I'm like, hmm, doesn't sound like this person that I have an impression of, you know, this sounds weird. So I got in touch with you then on Facebook and yep. you were like, yep, indeed I've been hacked and blah, blah. And then we started a whole conversation. Turns out we both know Johanna Walker and then boom, boom, boom. And then I'm like, well, Christy, would you like to be on my podcast? <laughs> and Christy said, yeah, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> and the good news is you got your Instagram account back. Yes, I haven't like fallen on my head and suddenly become a devotee of uh, cryptocurrency investing. Like crazy. the messages said, yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, congratulations, because I think it can be hard for people to get their accounts back. So I'm, I'm really glad that that worked for you. Yeah, <sighs> and you, you know, the upside of that is that I actually met and 
people that I hadn't been in contact with before, such as yourself. And I also rekindled some connections with people that, you know, I'd been friends with from way back, but maybe we lost touch. And so I try to really look at it as being a teachable experience or something to learn from. Well, one of, I mean, one of the reasons that I was um, fascinated by you from the get-go was that you're doing this adventure work with women. And I knew that you had the meditation background. And so I was curious about how that all kind of came together for you. So I think that's the story I'd like for people to hear. I mean, I know you lived in New York for some time mm -hmm. and you went back to school. Was it your mid thirties that you went back to school? Yeah, I, so I was in New York uh, directly after college and felt like I wanted to just live in the world because so much of it was passing me by living in or having grown up in Virginia, Virginia Beach. And so I had a couple of relatives there. I packed a little footlocker and, you know, made my way to Brooklyn and just really kind of experienced myself in a different setting and learned about you know what i what i liked what i wanted to be how i wanted to live you know and so there were a number of different directions that i kind of dabbled in and then finally i said you know i wanna after about 13 years i said it's time to try something else but if i want to get out of new york because i felt like I'm just kind of hustling around from gig to gig. I've kind of done so much of the exploring and the, you know, I don't know. About what were you doing? Some... So the gigs that you were doing, what, what was, what was your, like, what sustained you in New York? So I was a graphic designer for some mm -hmm. time. I was also doing, a lot of it was around publishing. So I was doing graphic design. I was doing production work for magazines. So it was a lot of desktop publishing stuff. And then I was also a singer for a while. So I was bouncing around doing singing gigs, singing mm -hmm. at weddings and bars and different clubs, like with varying degrees of, of fun and uh -huh. effectiveness. Okay. I would say yeah. <laughs> as know, a performer, I can totally, I, I, yes, as a former, yeah. Right. Like one <laughs> night I'm in some club getting an, a standing ovation, or maybe somebody comes up to me and talks about how, you know, how good it was or how they were moved or whatever. Then the next night I'm singing to the bartender and the blender going off every, <laughs> you know, and so, <laughs> and then I have, oh, a... I'm having flashbacks, Christy. <laughs> wow. 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 I had a yeah. friend in a, I, I was with this theater company in New York for, for, for several years and did some great work with them. They were, they were a terrific company off, off Broadway. And, uh, you know, there was a really talented actress in the, in the, in the rep company who was very funny and she you know i remember before a performance one night she's like all right folks here we go another night of craptastic theater for family and friends 
sometimes that's what it is that's a part of it oh yeah. yeah i can just like feel myself like wanting to cringe at some of the the memories you know but and and here's the thing like when i left new york i said you know i don't want to be I don't want to be 40 just dragging my thing around from pillar to post trying to get gigs and trying to find myself or whatever. But, you know, I'm in my 50s now. It's like, hey, I'm still discovering myself. Absolutely, I want to be in that experience of finding out who I am and discovering and dipping my toes in different waters. I want to approach at least some things with beginner's mind and not feeling like I have to know everything because I, I will never know it all. And so, amen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the, the wonderful experience of having done that, um, and continuing to approach life like that is that we can have experiences like these where we laugh and we can cringe but not in a way that breaks the heart you know and so by the time i decided to leave new york to move to arizona to go to graduate school i said you know i feel like this is a natural next step or a natural conclusion like going toward the other dream moving towards something that feels alive for me. And I and had what was that you went to grad school for what? Yeah, I did an MFA in creative writing In creative. Writing. And right. because I just because I had wanted to do it and I told myself I didn't want to uh, get to the place where I felt too afraid. I said, I don't want to get too old or become too afraid to pursue the thing that I want. And so knowing that, okay, this isn't a surefire guarantee for making a whole lot of money or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but it is a guarantee that I will have given myself permission to do the thing that I've wanted to do for a long time, that I was interestingly enough too afraid to pursue in college. Because in college, I felt like I want to do this. I want to try. I want to be an English major. But my teacher, one of my professors, who was actually, uh, and yeah, who who supported or who was somewhat encouraging, he said, "I think you have skills, but there's no money in it." And I didn't realize at the time that he was, you know, disgruntled, and I gave him a little too much um airtime in my head mm-hmm. and so as I, we do as yeah we do. as yeah we, as we do and then there's that whole thing of deferring to authority and people who know better i'm using my air quotes <laughs> mm-hmm. and so um and so i went in a different direction but as i was telling you uh off camera before we got on to this conversation that I spent a lot of those New York years in publishing. So, which would have definitely lent itself to an English degree or a writing degree. Right. But somehow we find those 
we find those avenues or they find us if the desire is really, you know, if the desire is there and the passion for it or the current steers us in that direction. And I mentioned to you that I was in uh, graphic design and I used to work at this magazine. You remember Rosie O'Donnell came out with a magazine for a hot minute. Yeah. And it was styled. Yeah. And it was styled in the fashion of the Oprah magazine where she yes, was on the cover. Very much kind of, so. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I was working on Rosie for a while. And, and there is this, this, uh, as you're setting up the layouts before the copy is final and all the stories are like edited before they get poured in, you know what the word count is. And so you put in what's called dummy text. And so that was part of my job in setting up the layouts to make sure there's room for all of the text that's going to go in there. And so I used to sneak in titles and a little bit of like writing like the first paragraph or so about the story. Uh And so the editor in chief was reviewing one of my layouts one day and I heard her say, she was like, wait, this is, this is supposed to be dummy text. Oh, who did this? Somebody has missed their calling. And I heard that and I said, oh, no, I haven't, lady. I am getting (laughs) out of here. So so it took me a couple of years from from that moment. But I heard that. I mean, I really heard that in a way that just really lit that fire and reminded me, you know what? There are other dreams to, to get to. Yeah. You know? you know, it's so amazing. Sometimes we all just, I think we want permission. We want yes. somebody to acknowledge that that thing that we want is indeed within our grasp, you mm-hmm. know, and, and she did that without, right. Without yeah, meaning to she, perhaps. <laughs> she did that. She didn't mean to, because it was definitely a, you know, a passing comment. Oh, they've missed their calling. Kind mm-hmm. of, oh. it, uh. it was really a kind of throwaway oh. comment, but it it really landed with me. So yeah, she she helped to remind me. I didn't even tell her that it was me that I was the one who had done that. You know, uh. but that's the thing. Like when we're. I I firmly believe that when we're ready for a different experience, when we're ready for a change, um, we we will hear the world around us will kind of give us or will reflect that to us. And maybe it's in, you know, a bit of a conversation that we overhear, or maybe it's the page that we land on in a book or like going on to social media, we like, land on a reel or a blurb or something and then we need to have the awareness like Mm -hmm. we have to like actually pay attention paying attention then not only that but have a little follow-through like a little courage to actually take a step in the direction of of that right because that's the real scary part that's right yeah the willingness to do it otherwise that comment could have landed very differently for me it could have been oh yeah it is over for me i won't ever get that opportunity because uh 
you know, I'll forever be doomed just to sneak in words that's supposed to be dummy text, you know. Um, but but I feel like you you definitely said a lot there when you said a little bit of courage, because courage is something that doesn't come naturally in in regard to well certainly to my own experience you know if there's something that i really want to do i might feel tender about it or i might want to hold it very closely and not let it see the light of day because i'm afraid it's going to be crushed or somebody's going to say the wrong thing or i won't have the follow through so i'll just suffer in silence while i have my dream and smother it to death you know <laughs> i know and we do it we do it all do the it. time right yeah so my goodness um so you had the the courage to to make that change and off you go to Arizona and so then so then where what happened because I know you've had so many there, there's been like a, a lot of pivots and a lot of changes for you along the way mm -hmm. well I I you know I said I was done with singing but I singing wasn't done with me and so I wound oh. up at a at a cheese and wine bar singing a little bit like just a, a little bit while uh -huh. I was there and I was writing for a local lifestyle magazine and when it came time to um graduate I knew that I didn't want to stay in Phoenix because it just it it wasn't singing to me mm -hmm. to, interestingly enough and so I said okay I don't want to go back to New York because I left for a reason I want to have a different experience and so I said I I do want to go east though um and I think Philly Philly makes sense didn't want to go back to Virginia I wanted to move forward so I said I'm going to go to Philly and I'm still in a good proximity to New York and Virginia and so for the first time, I, because oh, I went to um, Arizona sight unseen. I'd never been to Arizona before. I just called U-Haul. Once I got my acceptance letter, I called U-Haul and said, okay, I'm going to get a van and drive Talk one way. Talk about courage. Holy cannoli. And <laughs> I, I don't, I just felt like this is it. It didn't even feel like courage. It just felt like this is the thing. There's no other thing. This is it. And so... <laughs> So this time I said, and I moved to New York that way too. I hadn't really been there to, but I did stay with a couple of cousins for a month before I moved out into a share and um, into a, a room that was so tiny. I wrote home to my family saying, you know, this room is so small. I have to step outside to change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, New York apartments. Yep. New that, York apartments. Yep. <laughs> so, so this time in Philly, I said, or with the idea of going to Philly, I reached out to some people I knew. I said, Hey, can I come stay with you for a few days? I want to explore the town. I want to get set up with some uh, job agencies, some career placement places. And I want to, you know, just kind of tool around and see what I'm up for because I figure you need to be, do the adult thing here and, and investigate before you go, Christy. You've never done that before. Now, now let's, we're turning over a new leaf. So as it came time 
to leave Phoenix and, you know, I've got the U-Haul all set to go to Philly, I still felt like, you know, this isn't quite working for me. What, what? And I, I remember standing in my apartment, just looking up, well, universe, if there's something else, I'm, I'm available to it. Cause Philly, I'll go, but there's something else. So my friend Hope calls me from, uh, she calls me and she's, she lives in Chicago. Christy, what are you, what are you going to do now that you've graduated? What's your next plan? I said, well, I'm going to Philly. I got the U-Haul pointed in that direction, but it's really not singing to me. And sure enough, she says, well, you should come to Chicago. Chicago could use someone like you. And, and <laughs> it was like a call to arms or something like, wow. yes, I'm going to do it. And so it's like, you know, that makes sense. I'm coming to Chicago here again. Never been to Chicago, but my friend is there. And she says, if I can do it, then I can do it. <laughs> I love it. So I call you Hall. I say, hey, plans have changed. I'm driving all my junk to Chicago instead of Philly. And so I now, mind you, I've like left probably all of my winter clothes in New York. I've there, you know, strolling across all the vintage shops and secondhand stores and Goodwills by that point. <laughs> and I'm I wind up in Chicago in September in the in the final hours of warm weather. And and all I've got are like prairie dresses and <laughs> these little thin Arizona gear, right, right, thin things, yeah. So I worked there for a while, and um, again, still dribbles and drabbles of doing music, still doing a little bit of the uh, advertising, graphic design, and layout stuff, and. Um, I was volunteering with a theater company too. They they actually helped women who had been in prison transition back to, um, I you know life outside of prison. Yeah. And so that was a great experience for me. And I said, you know, I I was telling another friend, I don't want to be part of the problem anymore here because advertising it was for a lot of it was for catalogs and circulars that you get in the mail the ones that you kind of flip through before you throw in the garbage mm -hmm. you know and i said i just don't want to be part of that anymore and i said maybe because i was starting to get into meditation and i had a kind of soft off and on practice and i said you know maybe i'll just go work in one of those um, new age bookstores. And here again, publishing, being around books. And, and so um, I was working with someone who was a speaker and a teacher who had written a book and his career was going, was really growing. And so he needed a second person. And so that that was the work. I. I wound up, oh, well, <laughs> there's an interesting piece in the middle of that. So my friend said, no, you're not going to um, go work at one of those little shops. You're going to write a letter to people whose work you admire 
and you're going to say, hey, I have these particular skills. I'd love to help you with your work. I admire you and I would love to do what you do at some point. And I want to help you, you know, because yeah. you have helped me. She's like, you're going to write a letter. And so I was like, okay. That's a good so friend. That's a good friend. Oh my yeah. goodness. Wow. Okay. So then what happened? And so I wrote a letter. I wrote a letter to four people. One of the person, one of one person, um, the guy, he hired me in Chicago, the other per and the one person passed away and the other two people I have since worked with numerous times. Wow. You know, so, so it was really, it was interesting. And then in Chicago, I never really got much traction there. I think because I, the way I arrived, I just felt, uh, I'm just cold here. I don't, I don't have the juice to like build an, uh, a community here. I, I just felt exhausted mm. and didn't quite, you know, root myself in Chicago. So when the opportunity came to move to Colorado, the guy I was working with said, um, Hey, I want to get out of the city. I want to live closer to my family and that's in Colorado. And so if you still want to keep working together, I'll bring you out there. And so I was like, great. I didn't have confidence that the job was going to last, but I was like, it's a, a way to get me out there. Uh -huh. And sure enough, I got to Colorado sight unseen. <laughs> wow. Well, no, he did bring me out once to kind of look it at, look, check it out. And so, uh, but I didn't really investigate beyond that. So anyway, got to Colorado fell in love with the mountains and it's gorgeous out there. I lived there for about four years in the early nineties. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And, and I had never, you know, I'd been in big cities and it hadn't really occurred to me to, um, to, to ever even entertain living like that. And, uh, I thought, okay, it's a mountain town. I've been in cities. I can do it. But then I realized, oh, this, this is very different. I feel very isolated here. There's no diversity here in, in Boulder where I was living. Oh, and so yeah. I took to the trails and nature, cause nature didn't judge me. Nature didn't, nature welcomed me as I was. And it felt really good too, because I was always a, uh, an active person. And so I started hiking and running and getting various levels of training on how to do it with more um, agency and efficiency and to do it safely, to navigate safely on the trails and everything. Because you're talking about trail running, right? Like trail. this wasn't this wasn't just hiking that you were doing. I mean, although you were doing that, it was the trail running that you got the training for. Is that right? Yeah. So I got yes, I got training because I was I was learning to run again because initially when I arrived in uh, Colorado, I would be winded just trying to get to the my apartment at the yeah. top of the stairs. I'm like, oh my the God. The altitude's no joke. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. like, this is how it ends. I can't breathe. What happened? 
it's been a good life. Oh, well. <laughs> Go on without me. That's right. <laughs> I've been to the mountain. Well, there we go. And so, <laughs> so I, I realized that, oh, this is acclimation. And if I actually move and get active again, that's going to help me. And so, uh, and so I started to hike and run as I, as I was able. And, um, and then I started to get training in trail running because there's a lot of stuff to learn that for me, not having been in the mountains before Colorado, really, um, there was a lot to learn about how to run uh, in the mountains, how to run at altitude, how to run without running out of steam. And so then the more I learned there, the more I wanted to learn and the more I wanted to share that with other people. Cause here again, I didn't see many people. I saw even fewer people on the trails who looked like me. Um, and so I, and I realized part of that was probably because of just not knowing where to go or how to do it for some people. Cause you know, Colorado or the Denver Boulder area is full of uh, transplants, yes. you know, and, and many of whom, you know, shared my story, like coming from cities or whatever, and maybe not mountain living. So um, got some certifications on uh, learning how to move safely in nature and how to enjoy, you know, enjoy it so that you can do it for longevity. And then I started working, uh, bringing with bringing women out and training them in trail running and taking women out for hikes and doing all sorts of stuff in nature. And um, in the years uh, since, while I was doing that, I was also working on my or cultivating a meditation or spiritual practice and being in nature it was like hand in glove, being in nature, meditation. They um, do go well together. Absolutely. Greater awareness. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's just all, yeah, linked in together. And then I, I started doing some training in meditation teaching. And so that's how I started to kind of fuse the two. Uh, at least in my in my own mind. So I wasn't necessarily leading a mindfulness run, but I would always bring in elements of mindfulness when I was out with people on the trail. Let's pause for a moment and just take note of where we are. It's not about your pace. It's not about how you're faring relative to your neighbor. We are out in nature. You can draw energy and resilience from nature, from the elements. Take a deep breath, stick your hands in the water, you know? And so likewise, when I was leading meditation classes off the trail or online, I would also bring in elements of nature. You know, we can, we can experience nature by being right at home, bringing in houseplants. <laughs> Um, running our hands under the water, really feeling a sense of the flow of water and how we can 
we can take a cue from nature by being still, by being rooted, by being in the flow, you know, of the water and feeling the air on our skin and just being receptive to change and to fluctuations and all that stuff. So, so it's been, it's been a really great and surprising experience just going into these different avenues that have made a way for deeper exploration and engagement and connection uh, with people and myself, with myself too. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What a journey. Mm. What an mm -hmm. adventure. Now you're, mm. you're taking other people on adventures. Yeah. Well, you know, the, an interesting thing is that we have internalized, we meaning people <laughs> have internalized so much from our parents, from the culture, from, you know, what, whatever it is. And, and if we are not willing to really look at, Hey, what do I, or, or examine, what do I believe? Or why do I believe that? then we're just kind of stuck doing the same things that we've always been doing. And certainly with the media, the media is not saying to women over 30 or over 25, you know, hey, go out and explore nature, go out and really test yourself or, or meet yourself in a new context or dream again, or uncover some of those dreams that you've had, yeah. you know, learn something. So it feels wonderful to be in a position where I can invite women into a space like that. Hey, let's go out. You never been hiking before. You never been backpacking or camping or trail running or whatever. Let's go do it. We can do it. We've, we've got some gear for you. We've got training and expertise in a certain, you know, in these areas. And we want to create a safe space for you to, to have a new adventure on your own terms. Because here in Colorado, there are lots of active people. It's always on the top, it's always on the top 10 list or a very, very short list of healthy cities of active people. And part of that is because uh, there are lots of elite athletes who come to the area to train. And because of altitude. the altitude, right? But, yeah, they're, they're yeah. training at altitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and there's also, there are also many ways to enjoy the outdoors year round. And being able to, to share that with women demystifies the experience it's not just the elite athletes it's not just for certain groups or people who have a lot of money or people who look different than i do it's it's for me if i want it as well and oh my gosh what can i do from there you know the, i i led a um a backpacking trip with a woman who was about to be a grandmother she might have been in her 60s and she said, you know, I really want to be a, a badass Nana, but oh, I, I have that. been, <laughs> I've been really nervous about just sleeping outside and being 
just in nature. I haven't done it before. And then by the end of our trip, she said, you know, now that I've done this, I can share this love of the outdoors with my grandson. I can be that badass Nana because I've experienced it firsthand. I can take him out now. And, um, and that's huge because that has thrown the door open for all kinds of adventure and exploration, not just on her own, but, you know, with, with her grandson. Yeah, a lot of times we hear, oh, the future generations or the kid, kids are the only ones who get to play or we've got to conserve this land for the kids. Well, what about for us right now? Like we're the ones who are extending that love of nature or who can facilitate, you know, um, that love of nature by and carrying those kids people are learning out. from us, right? That's that, right. It, like I, it's why I, it's why I try to, it's why I try to push myself to do the things that scare me is because I yes. want to be that example to my kids. I want them to see that they can keep exploring, you mm -hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, New York, um, Phoenix, Philly, eh, no, thought maybe, eh, no, Chicago, gave it a little try, no, and Denver, I mean, or Boulder, Denver, that, that area, you, you seem to have found community, and, and, and I think you said something earlier when you were talking about Chicago that you didn't let yourself settle there you didn't let yourself find community there I find that an interesting an interesting thing because I think sometimes we do stop ourselves from finding community and but now what you've done is you have you've created your own community through the the love of what you love to do mm -hmm. and sharing that with other people mm -hmm. has that I mean, you found that first through nature, it sounds like, just through the location. Do you think that if you had just kept running and trail running on your own without this added component of bringing other people into it with you, do you think you'd feel as at home as you do? No. What no. prompted you? Like, what... What was that germ of an idea that said, I need to share this with others? Well, because I knew, I realized how depressed, how sad and alone I'd been feeling. Mm -hmm. And, and I also was learning how healing and restorative it was to be out in nature. And I'm a big relationships person. And so I, I felt like, okay, I can't be the only one who feels this way or who feels like it's hard to, to, to kind of gain any traction in Boulder or in a new place. And especially being outside of school. Cause I had, you know, I, well, by the time I was in Boulder, I was three years out of school, but I, when I was in Chicago, I still had that, that one friend and a couple mm -hmm. others along the way, but it was in Colorado where I realized, oh, 
I don't know anybody really except this guy that I worked for <laughs> and right. and and I had one acquaintance and so that really incentivized me to to put feelers out to for cultivating community because I I felt like there are so many upsides to being in nature and also to reaching out to extend myself to others that that's going to that's going to be fruitful for me and i what think what did you oh i'm sorry i interrupted you go ahead well i felt like you know it was it was really the incentive because i was feeling sad and i was also feeling happy about having discovered nature for myself and so i was like okay this is so this is so transformative i want to at least see if there are other people out here who would be interested and then that's how that's how it grew and then i started volunteering with a women's outdoor organization or i started guide doing some guiding for an outdoor group and then somebody found me through there who was like hey can you volunteer uh with our girls after school climbing program and then oh can you do this and oh you know and then i started managing a program at that organization to help women get out and explore and have new adventures so anyway yeah you're what was you you were asking me a question i think i think you may have answered the question which is i was wondering well how did you start like did you did you put up flyers mm. did you did you send did you put something on craigslist like what did you mm -hmm. do to start the the reach out and is that it is that you started working with organizations that were already in place and volunteering I did a little bit of all of it. it uh -huh. The what's the official name? The spaghetti against the wall technique. Spaghetti throwing. <laughs> I have a friend who calls that spaghetti throwing. Spaghetti <laughs> throwing. Yes, That's what I did. And be, <laughs> because I I said you know all right I have a day job, but this is also and this is also very important to me, and so whatever I do I want to do it because it's a passion of mine, not because I'm trying to make it make money for me. Mm -hmm. And so it was uh, getting, it was as, it was me getting on meetup. I told a friend about it, like, I'm thinking about doing this. And she was like, yeah, let me know. And I'll, I'll join, I'll join the group when you start it. And then a year later, it took me a year to finally like put it into motion. So I got on meetup. I said, Hey, here, here's the thing i'd love to bring women together let's let's go out together let's learn together and i was inviting other women to come like share their expertise maybe we'd do workshops and learn from this woman in the group and maybe we'll share information and so that that was one way meet up and then another one another thing that i did too was um i volunteered as a guide, I saw that there was an organization coming to Colorado, uh, and that was Outdoor Afro, which is a, a national organization with different chapters uh, or, or organizations, different groups around the country. And um, they were coming to Colorado, and I was like, I want to help found the Colorado. I want to be a guide in Colorado. 
So I was a co-founder for the Colorado group and started taking people out, men and women, whoever wanted to join, like going out camping and hiking. And, and so I was like doing that as well. Someone reached out to me from there. Hey, can you come speak about this particular thing? Hey, can you volunteer with, we've got this great outdoor or after school program for girls. And so I started working with them and then I started doing some speaking and then I started doing some teaching and then started managing a program to bring women out into nature. So again, like being open to the being open to change and open to exploring new avenues and also following, you know, what was interesting to me. Um, I, I heard uh, the guy who wrote, the guy who was Joseph Campbell, mm. he said, um, he was credited with saying, follow your bliss. Mm-hmm. And I heard him in an interview once say, I should have said, follow your blisters because it requires the work. As you as you just said a few moments ago, like it requires you to step out and sometimes step away from all that you know and to be courageous and even do things while you're afraid in order to like gain the experience or the end result that you that you seek. Yeah. What I love about what I'm hearing about this progression is the progression um, from an interest to wanting to share that to, well, here I'll do this little thing and then that little thing turns into another little thing and, and so on and so on and so on. And before you know it, you're speaking, you're teaching and then you're founding. I mean, it's it it's it starts with the with the baby steps, right? Mm-hmm. It's like just if people could just follow those instincts without like needing to know what the end is, how juicy is that, you know? Yes, it's juicy, it's spicy. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think a big part of it too is I think one of the harder things, well, I know one of the harder things for me was not attaching my idea of success to money or to any kind of numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, as as you know, my Instagram account was hacked and I thought, oh my gosh, what if I'm no longer, well, how can, and you know, if what if it's all up in smoke because hackers got to my account and everybody falls away and I have no more platform and I said you know think what's really important here is to think about and return to what matters in the first place it's sharing the stories it's connecting with people and because of that connection you know Pretty much everybody said to me, oh, I know that wasn't you who were who was reaching out asking for this scammy stuff or wanted me to send them link, wanting them to send me links or whatever, because they knew that over time, over the years, what I built up stands apart from any of the social media 
business or any of the numbers or you whatever. You built trust. You've built a, a, a trust with the people who are following you and are into what you're doing. You and, know? Mm-hmm. And, and a, a presence, a reputation. And that's not easy to see going in because like going in, if we're thinking about creating something, oftentimes there's, well, how is this going to feed me? How is this Absolutely. How can I get the numbers and That's all where that. the fear-based approach comes in, right? Yeah, I'm constantly, yeah. constantly fighting that. It's like, it's like the the good angel and the bad angel on the shoulder, mm-hmm. right? And the good angel is like, no, just go, go spread the word, go talk, go mm-hmm. do the messaging, go get, get this done. And then the other part's like, well, right. how am I going to keep doing this if I don't make money? And how am I, you know? And yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, okay, if this is something that I love. Can I do it if I don't get paid? Is mm-hmm. this something that was a thing for me because I'd already had a full-time job and I started it out of passion and I, and I tried to like okay the formula says I need to be posting this much I need to be here I need to be there and instead it's like you know what matters how can I still pursue this with with joy and with that same focus not to not to say that it doesn't get hard or tiresome sometimes but if we're not driven or led around by you know the externals because that angel the good angel is sometimes whispering whereas the other one might be beating a drum and yeah it might be Mm -hmm. very loud and sometimes it's about let's just be still here and think about it and feel feel into like what's going on like why are we doing this am i doing it to you know fill in the blank am i doing it for purposes other than uh ones that are really um useful or beneficial or filling you filling your heart with with joy i'm gonna say because i think that's i'm putting words in your mouth but nope yeah, yeah, they were already. Yeah, those okay. words were in my mouth. Yes. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And then so you are also the founder of the Black Women's Alliance of Denver, right? Can you talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit? Mm-hmm. So so Black Women's Alliance was um, that was the women's group that I started years ago when I was in Boulder. Because they said, okay, what, I I can't be the only one out here, not just the only black woman, but the only one who is feeling kind of out of sorts at being in a new place and at not having community and wanting something different than maybe just the happy hour or the sex in the city weekend cocktails or whatever like who wants to go out and get dirty you Mm -hmm. know and so and in addition to that there were lots of wonderful women's groups in the area boulder denver uh in in this metro area there Mm -hmm. seems to be a great support and receptivity to startups and to the entrepreneurial spirit and 
they're very generous in sharing resources and tips and training with each other. And I thought, wow, let's have a space where Black women can do that too. And where we can go, we can have a safe space to to also share about experiences of um, that we might not be able to otherwise share in different kinds of organizations that that were around been around benefiting professional women um, or just women in the workplace. And so, for example, somebody wants wants to touch my hair, or somebody mm-hmm. is. Uh, you know, saying that I can't get ahead because of because of my name or they can't pronounce my name or there's this or that thing going on, these various challenges. Um, and so not that, you know, BWA, the Black Women's Alliance, was going to solve for all of that. But the thing is that having a place to come together to talk about it and to not feel like we were under the scrutiny of that kind of gaze was mm-hmm. really healing too. And I said, okay, let's let's open it up and see who yeah. is interested. And that's part of, you know, learning from each other in in the group. Hey, what's your experience? What's your what's not only what's your experience here in Colorado? what's your professional experience? Do you have something that you want to share? And, you know, we can, you know, share that with the group so we can learn from you. And so it was a way to create a support system. And uh, over time, it started to shift more toward nature or getting out into nature as I started guiding more in the outdoors and teaching more around mindfulness and seeing other organizations pop up around uh, supporting women of color in business. I was like, okay, I'm not a business incubator. Let's stick to, again, like what's bringing me joy? What's still really useful and viable here? And um, and then over time, uh, so I, I started working with a partner off in offering these different workshops and outings and stuff. And um, we renamed it Black and Brown Women's Alliance because there were women, women of color were coming and were welcomed. And so let's have it be more reflective of what we're doing. And so now we're offering more um, mindfulness oriented events. And so that might be a a healing hour, a virtual healing hour where we come together and share meditation practices or or just wellness practices. Um, We go out together into nature, we camp, we backpack, we have an annual retreat, that sort of thing. Amazing, amazing. You have created that you have created the community that so now you're you're not the only person that looks like you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. out there, right? That's got to be so empowering to 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 have created community. I it and that's so when you asked about creating community, um, 
you know, if I had done that in Chicago, I would still be there or in Phoenix, maybe I would still be there. But you know, there, there are certain chapters in our lives where we're just, we're not, we're only ready for what we're ready for. Mm. You know, we're working on a certain thing at a time. Absolutely. We're not the same person. I mean, no. so often, you know, I sit, I sit and think about what I want and I've got some list from five years ago and I'm still thinking that's what I want, but right. is it? You know, right. some of it might still be mm-hmm. relevant and some of it might not because, um, you know, you can't step into the same river twice. And exactly. You got to keep checking in with what's current, with what is the current um, flow. I'm going to go with that water theme, the current <laughs> of the water. Uh, yes. What is current for you and what is flowing within you today and right now? Yeah, right. that's the examination, right? The inquiry. Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. I'm I'm just so glad that your that your Instagram feed got hacked, Christy. That's <laughs> so terrible. I'm so selfish. Me, me too. Because that because that facilitated the like actual meeting and this conversation. So yes. This conversation has been amazing. Thank you for for being part of this. And is there anything that's coming up for you that's exciting right now? Uh, you know, in a so as we're sitting here in late July, um, I'm pre- preparing for a three day retreat with uh, the program that I run, the Trailblazers program. So, and Women's Wilderness, where we're gonna have three days in the Rocky Mountains with instructors just sharing all kinds of outdoor courses and expertise. And, you know, we're gonna have s'mores, we're gonna hike, we're gonna breathe together and stargaze. And it's just a wonderful way to bring women together in this adventure experience and just really get to kind of meet each other where we are. And so I feel so grateful and excited that uh, I'm able to really collaborate with people for to share this experience you know, with all women who want it. So that feels really good to me. And um, yeah, working working along those lines doesn't actually feel like work. So yeah, that's what I'm very excited about. <laughs> Congratulations on having found that thing that doesn't feel like work. That's amazing. That's what I would want for anybody. Me oh, too. that's amazing. Um, how what's the best way for people to get in touch with you christy if they want to know more about you well i am at christypeoples.com which is k-r-i-s-t-e-p-e-o-p-l-e-s.com and the same on instagram christy peoples (laughs) awesome awesome and i will have that in the show notes for people so if you're driving right now don't worry about it just go to the show notes and you can find all that and Mm -hmm. I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Thank you so much for reaching out, for for giving me this opportunity and for following 
your own bliss and curiosity because without that i we wouldn't have come to this place and if i can just say one thing to your listeners it would be to just take one step in the direction of that dream and even if it's not a dream if it's something that you're curious about take one step in the direction of that curiosity because it can change everything amen and it's never too late <laughs> never too late never. i love it i love it <laughs> thank you again so much well there you have it i think we can all take a page from christy's playbook man when she's interested in something she dives in and commits to learning about it she went from graphic design and singing to creative writing and then meditation and trail running and finally teaching others and creating community around her interests. You, you know, the path to what's meant for us isn't always a straight path. When we look at someone else's results, we don't see the windy path that brought them to their success. It, we always look at it and think, oh, they just got there straight on. So anyway, if you are feeling antsy and you know you need to change, but you aren't sure what to do, try sitting down with a pen and paper and make a list of what you're interested in and what you want to learn more about. And don't limit yourself. Just write, daydream, put it on paper. And then look at your list and see what jumps out at you. Maybe gives you a little butterfly in your stomach. And... I'd recommend starting with something that seems easy, like low-hanging fruit, as it were. Do a little research to see what else you can learn about it. Are you a DIY type? You know, you might be able to find a YouTube tutorial. There's something for everything out there. <laughs> and maybe you would do better in a group. So are there any local classes you could take? Are there any online classes that you could take or communities? One of the big takeaways I got from my conversation with Christy is that once she found trail running and mindfulness, she naturally wanted to share it with others. And the last missing component for her was a sense of community to help her feel settled and at home in the Denver area. Isn't it always connections to other people that are key to making us feel at home? Community, that's where it's at. That's what I'm finding out as I go along this journey. I am so tired of trying to figure things out by myself. <laughs> so that's why I started the Midlife Uprising Community for Women, to create a safe space where we can talk about the particular challenges that women face as we get older and reimagine what's possible as we age. So we get together for an hour on Zoom every month to shake things up and shine a light on it. Women of any age are welcome. The only requirement is a desire to make waves as you age. So if this sounds exciting to you, I'm officially inviting you to join us. Our next get together is October 11th at nine o'clock Eastern time. Uh, you can find out more at midlifeuprising.com and feel free to get in touch with me if you have any questions about the program. Hey, if you are interested in learning more about Christie's programs or the Midlife Uprising community, you can go to latebloomerliving.com and click on the show notes for episode 112. I'll have links to more information for you there. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon. <laughs>